is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Derek Smith. Got a lot to talk about today. We uh, hope everybody enjoyed our Lake Speed podcast episode from last week. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Stay tuned for more fun episodes kind of like that. Uh, We're going to do a NASCAR broadcast episode where we talk about um, not just NASCAR, but our favorite racing broadcasters. Uh, that'll be coming up in the coming weeks. Might be next week that we put that one out. But uh, and, and most favorite drivers who are sponsored by canned meat. So that's our next <laughs> podcast episode along the uh, Lake Speed lines, right? With spam, yep, we're gonna find yep, yep. if anyone was sponsored by like Hormel, Hormel. or Ham in a Can or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do that. So it'll be good. This will be fun. Um, does does baked beans count? I mean, because it has bacon there's, in it. There's, I there's mean, some of them. Yeah, maybe something on Marcus Ambrose and AJ Allmendinger. So <laughs> there right. you go. Well, yeah, we, and uh, this could be a and, podcast. Uh, we well, can make this happen. Wasn't Ryan Priest sponsored or no? Who was? No, who was Bush is, yeah. Who, Ryan Priest. They st- Bush still gets on JTG Doherty. JTG. You know, it is funny that JTG Doherty <laughs> is uh-huh. the car that has fifty million sponsors on yeah, it. Yeah, right. That is not. Uh, I hope that's not lost on anybody. That it's that car, not like you know Stuart Haas. No, right. Of course, Hendrick. I know they got a lot of sponsors. <laughs> that's true. A lot of sponsors for a lot of names and initials. Yeah. So what's, the guys, it's it's JTG because it's Geschechter. Geschechter? That's his name. That, yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Well, I know I did. Yeah. Well, my guy, Mr. Geschechter. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gesundheit. Uh, so <laughs> here's here's what we've got coming up on the show today. We are going to talk about some dirt racing. Yes, the World of Outlaws and the All-Star Circuit of Champions both put their schedules out. We didn't get to talk a lot of dirt racing this year, but we do like it. Uh, we often go to those races when, you know, it's not a pandemic. We hope to go back to some of those races this year. So we're going to talk a little bit about that schedule. We're going to talk about uh, some big additions to the Chili Bowl, which is a dirt race, one of the first of the year that'll start off in January. So we've got plenty of that coming up. Uh, but we're going to start off someplace that we usually don't because we don't usually talk a ton of this particular form of racing. But there was a lot happening in this uh, in this week in Formula One. So we are actually going to talk some Formula One, which this series of podcasts that we've done, we started this because we're two brothers who listen or we listen to racing podcasts. We enjoy watching the races and all that stuff. But we felt like a lot of it is either too focused just on one sport like NASCAR or mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it, it's it's a little there's a lot of like F1 podcasts out there that then kind of like, oh, yeah, and the Americans, they're fine, whatever. Like, so we wanted to do a podcast that mostly focuses on all the forms of racing that we have in America. Like, I don't look down my nose at IndyCar. I know you don't either. Nope. We certainly love NASCAR. We don't look down mm-hmm. our noses at NASCAR. We clearly love that sport. And we love sports car racing, but we don't feel like you have to be, you know, in the WEC to enjoy, you know, endurance racing and that you have to enjoy, you know, sports car racing because we have a great form of it over here as well. And some of those teams do compete over in the FIA and they go over and, and compete in Europe and around the world. So we like to focus on the American motorsports, and that's what we typically do. But there was uh, a lot going on in Formula One this week, and we respect Formula One. I know you watch a yeah. lot of Formula One, right, Derek? I do. Yeah, I, I am kind of the Euro snob, file, whatever you want to call me. I, I like Europe. I've, ever since I've been there, I've, I've wanted to go back, want to move my family there. So I do like Europe quite a bit. Um, but before we get into that, also, too, if we got someone out there that listens to this going, hey, American racing, where's my AMA? Where's my NHRA? Where's my Supercross? Look, we like watching those sports. I would 
I mean, we just have to cut the line off at somewhere. Well, here's my so rule on it. Here's where my rule know. is. My rule is if it has four wheels and it goes around a circuit. So yeah. I'm not big. I don't know much about motorcycles. So that's not, I don't feel like you would be getting anything from us that you wouldn't already know if you're a motocross fan or if you're a, uh, you know, a, a, a like, Superbike racing fan like we don't know that sport well enough to tell you anything and as yeah. far as an hra goes same deal i don't know enough about that sport i have always focused on cars going around in circles or around a circuit yeah. even if it's not a perfect oval whatever right. so that's and, 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 and four wheels so that's where that's yeah. where we come that's that's our focus and and, and f1 clearly qualifies for that it's yeah. just not Absolutely. usually you know you get it's you our, get like, coda. in the morning typically this year it's been different because the pandemic everything's a nice like 8 a.m start time on a sunday so you can pretty much watch every race which is nice um live which is which is cool but but yeah just i mean with the other series that we that we mentioned just there just like you'd go to an air show and be like wow the blue angels that's awesome i really don't need to know how they work i don't need to know what their <laughs> training regimen is um so i mean yeah you get me to a baja uh, truck race like the, what uh Haley deegan and her dad did out west and jimmy johnson yeah i want to see like a little rally race that'd be cool a little drift race action that'd be awesome but i don't know anything about the sport i'm not yeah well that's talk that's about it, it. We, so that's we why we kind of focus, focus on what, what we, we focus know. on and that's yeah, the thing sprint cars and all we that go stuff we go too. to nascar races we go to indy car races we go to sports car races we go to dirt tracks when we can yeah. uh so that's what we kind of stick to so we don't do a ton with f1 because we don't go to a lot of those races they're obviously not based here we try to watch them when we can and I mean, I uh, enjoy about, it. When you were in Baku last year and I was in Monaco, I mean, we, we just had too much fun on our yachts. Well, to your really your yacht the really, I, you got to up your yacht game. That's what I'm trying I mean, to tell you because I can't, I can't stay on that. Feet. Yeah, I, yeah, I only small. rock 85 foot yachts from here on out. I'm yeah. done with anything below 85 feet. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I it's, mean, it's, it's kind of a like pain. A it's my apartment. style. Yeah, it's like having a studio apartment. It's like, why would you waste time with that i mean i don't I, yeah know. i don't have time for it either what's crazy is like this is what people it's hard to rich actually talk listen, about like when you have <laughs> 17 instagram models who all want to party with you a 50 foot yacht's not going to get it done you obviously need I more mean, room clearly they each need a room they each need their own like selfie studio i mean yes yeah, of course it's, it's, it's just it's it's too much can't do that yeah, um so yeah. we are going to talk some f1 today because of the fact there's a, there is an american tie-in obviously the haas team uh, was the team involved in a horrifying wreck with Romain Grosjean. Uh, and thankfully, he has uh, emerged from that wreck and appears to be on the mend and doing quite well. Uh, so we're going to talk about that wreck. We'll talk a bit about some other news coming out of F1. But where? so how did you, were you watching this live when that occurred? Or did someone, like with me, buddies of mine were like, dude, are you watching the F1 race? And I said, no. And they're like, I don't know. I think someone just died. I'm not sure. And I'm like, what? And then I, they said, no, never mind. He got out. He's okay. <laughs> and it was that quick and then i and so i flipped it on and then i was just engrossed with yeah. how terrifying that was but how did you find out about it uh i found about i was i was actually working um yeah i i had to I, real quickly i had to speak in my church in the morning and then immediately like leave from doing that to go right to a right to some work stuff uh so i didn't actually get to see i i saw the update on instagram saw the wreck saw he was alive and went back and watched the race from that knowing uh, okay. that knowledge knowing yeah. what was going to happen yeah i didn't know what happened at turn three on the first lap i didn't know that um yeah it was it was scary i mean i mean roman if you watch the first season of drive to survive in on netflix for formula one yeah um the haas team was like the stars of the show for the better part of the first half of that of that series 
and you know the the talks about Roman Grosjean, who who's had like ten podiums in his Formula One career, which sure, is yeah. really really good. Yeah, um, he's a successful Formula One driver, but I mean he's had going to Haas has had ups and downs, and for a while Kevin Magnussen was was uh, was outpacing him. So it, 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 I hope that he doesn't go out like this. I hope he's at least back for Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks to to finish out his his F1 career for the foreseeable future. He's probably out of a ride. Um, he's out of a ride with Haas. I don't think he's going to get into another ride next year. And I don't think there's uh, options for 2022 with all the talent coming up yeah. from Formula 2. So I, I think this is the last song for Roman. And I just hope that it's not going to end at a fiery crash to turn three at Bahrain. Yeah, it, I'll tell you, man, looking at the the wreckage afterwards. So that that he hit a guardrail and he hit those... I don't know the what they call them in Formula One. Arm, Armco, Arm, right? Armco is what we call them here. Is that I don't know if that's the same company or what, but it's it's just metal guardrail. There's no safer anything there. There's no impact absorption other than you're running headlong into something that gives clearly, but it's 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 not meant to give a ton. And the impact from that they said was like what 50, 53 fifty three fifty three Gs. I mean. You figure again, Which, like what? What do? Uh, what is it like? Seven or eight G's is what uh, Blue Angels pilots are pulling when they're doing some of their yeah. most t- difficult maneuvers, like where they have yeah. to do you know all these exercises not to black out while they're flying. And well, he he did seven times that impact, negative impact, obviously, yeah. when you're stopping as opposed to being pushed back in your seat going right. forward. It's amazing that he doesn't have more injuries just from the impact, like from the seat belts, let so, alone everything else. Did you see Corey LaJoy's tweet? I did. So yeah. He, he tweeted that Ryan Newman flying into his windshield at 200 miles an hour, Ryan Newman's car, I should say, flying into his windshield at 200 miles an hour at Daytona was like 43 or 47. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And, and this was, and more. that was, that was probably the most insane wreck I've seen outside of maybe Larson getting into the fence. Uh, yeah. The, anybody who went into the outside of anybody going into the fence, I agree with you. It's one of the worst yeah. wrecks we've seen in NASCAR in quite some time. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it, it looked way worse than Weldon's wreck. I mean, well, and uh, you, being, you being honest, the other thing, I mean, yeah, of course. Well, you know, the other thing too is the the thing I have to remember whenever, like, so Corey LeJoy tweeted that out, and it's like, wow, so this was a comparable impact. And you realize what is around Romain Grosjean in that car, and what's around Corey LeJoy. Like, Corey LeJoy has a thirty four hundred pound stock car wrapped around him. Not that, and then of course he hit a thirty four hundred pound stock car that was in the air. But I'm saying like that still was horrifying and he even said he still feels the impact from that now he still feels pain and he's still dealing with some of the after effects of that if you've ever seen an indy car up close let alone an f1 car there's nothing to them i mean they're made for there to be nothing to them now they're sturdy they're built out of carbon fiber that tub that he's sitting in thank goodness is all one solid piece and that's why the part he was in remained intact now the back half of the car ripped apart, but that that is why he saw he probably one of the many reasons he survived that wreck is because that is such a strong tub that they sit in because that did not shatter, disintegrate, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. The other part, as I'm looking at this wreckage, from what I can tell, it looks like his car flipped up on its side, and then where the top part of the car is is what impacted the guardrail first is what it appears from the pictures I've seen. So that would mean other than the cowling behind him that 
allows air to go into the engine, which of course the engine sits behind the driver in Formula One and IndyCar and many other forms of racing. Other than that, nothing would have been stopping his head from being the lead thing hitting that guardrail other than the halo, right? Like I, it, it appears, and I'm again, I'm not an engineer. I'm not someone who's, I wasn't at the crash scene, obviously, but from the pictures, it looks like that halo is absolutely a reason that he's alive today because yeah. other, yeah. Well, and, and actually the part of his car, I think the engine cowling was behind him. I think that's mm-hmm. the part that separated. So were it not yeah. for the halo, he'd have had nothing to stop him. From well, ab- absolutely. And uh, I believe it was that post on that Armco that ripped that car in half uh, and mm. sliced it right there at the separation point. So that tub, if you think back to Alex Zanardi, um, his wreck in Germany in 2001. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Should I should I say the, the I'm looking at a story right now on canoe.com that writes extensively about it. OK. And it talks about the guy that. Uh, the, one of the uh, first responders asked, I got, or said, I got there and asked, where are Alex's legs? Oh, goodness. Yeah, because right. Because that was ripped off from there. Um, yeah, and right. They, yeah, I'll stop there. But no, 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 I get it. Yeah, that, it, it, yeah it's, so it's that such tub, a violent impact that it, that's how it, it, violent this is. Yes. It took, yeah, it took Alex and Artie's legs, not like the, he just lost the use of them. Like no. it literally took them. Yeah. Them. So, yeah, well, well a quick really a quick update on Alex Zanardi since you brought him up, though, because there was some news about him. So he he had a hand bike incident in July that put him in some serious trouble. He was flown to a helicopter or to a hospital by helicopter, had several surgical procedures. Um, but the good news is, I guess, recently he has been moved to a hospital closer to his family home as he continues to recover. So there's some good news on that front. We are obviously all rooting for Alex to uh, keep fighting and and hopefully yeah. be able to uh, to remain with us and 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 certainly to thrive uh, to whatever level he can. Uh, thank God for the safety uh, that all these series have, and may this always may we always continue to evolve and better the safety so that drivers like Roman can walk out with uh, minor minor issues. Yeah, I mean, um, what was amazing to me is so so he was in this fire. Uh, and, and the images, when you see it, I mean, the wreck happens. It's obviously just a terrifying impact. But then there's not just surviving the impact. They're surviving the fire that is engulfing yeah. him. And now he's just gone through as hard of a car accident as you can survive. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't if you've ever been in a car accident. I don't know if, if how many people have been. I've been unfortunate enough to been in a couple of them at highway speeds and it's like there you you have five or ten seconds of just what the hell happened your ears are ringing your body feels like someone is sitting on it like you can't think properly for a moment in time your ear everything is just it's 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 like i what i would imagine when you have one of those flashbangs in the military right where you see that in like a movie where there's that big flash and that loud noise and everything you're stunned for a second that's what you're going through when you hit at a high level. And again, I'm talking hitting at 50 miles an hour, not at the speeds these guys are going. And then your car's on fire and you have to have the wherewithal to remember your intricate safety procedure to undo your seatbelt, get the, you know, the, you've got the Hans device on, you have to get out of all of that quickly. And you got like and this little, there's like this little U shaped thing that, that sits in once. So once the driver sits in IndyCar or Formula One, I don't think they have any more in IndyCar because of the because uh, uh, of the the windscreen now. But you have to like lock in almost to where you have this like little carbon fiber piece that goes over your shoulders. Yeah, so you're that's even tucked that's, in more. Right. So they have that. In, that. They have that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, but you got to pop that up and over 
under your belt buckles, climb up through a burning, <laughs> a burning it's halo incredible. that's on fire, yeah. and then climb up and then jump over a guard rope, like, and hats is... off to uh, the safety car. Like, could you imagine? I mean, we might not have Roman, we may not have him to the level that we do talking. Yeah, he may yeah, have been yeah. Burned way more severely because, I mean, you have all they t- they mentioned it multiple times on the broadcast. They were they were commending. And I don't know if the kingdom of Bahrain paid them to say this. I don't know. Uh, but they were commending all the marshals for volunteering their time. Oh, they're volunteering their time in a pandemic. This is so nice. They're volunteering their time. And those volunteers are probably not trained medical professionals. So, yeah, they, they're, car, they're, I mean, they're had, trained. Had this, they're, a lot of them are trained in safety procedures, of course, yes. I'm sure. But like, but, but as the reality the is burning. They both the, the two first two guys on the scene in orange were spraying the car down. Yeah, I mean, obviously trying to you know turn the fire out so Roman can, Roman could get out, but it was those two drivers and fire suits. I mean, think about it, like NASCAR, Brett Bodine if, if he still drives a pace car or whoever, like they put him in I a mean, fire suit. I mean, do you put him in a fire suit? Do you have does IndyCar and NASCAR now think about an IMSA having a safety car at the back of the field for the first lap? Maybe is that is that something you do because if there is a catastrophic wreck. I mean, the good thing you have NASCAR, to think about it's it, right? A much, a much, it's a much shorter circuit, but I think what now this is going to teach, because what if this happened on lap four? That yeah. safety car is not out there. Well, I know, but they do have responders around the track who have to get yes, out there quickly. Yes, they do. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, and, like, and here's the other thing. But does, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, does IndyCar, so even if they added a safety car, I think the, if I'm not, the, if I'm not, in, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say IndyCar's team travels with them. Like they, they do. They yeah, the Homatro, or the, it used to be Homatro. It's some other team now, uh, not some other sponsor, but there is a team of, dry, uh, of medics that shoot travel and they do a good job. I'm just wondering, like, do you look at every track? Almost like you look back at like um, instances that happen in other series for other things, with whether it be, you know, like different procedures and stuff that have been changed and, you know, reviews that have happened on every track. What if they look at these tracks and they look at Long Beach and they say, okay, do we have someone that can, can you basically get to a driver that's on fire in 10 seconds? That should be the test. And if you don't, you need to do some sort of cutout, do some sort of layout change, make it to where you can get a driver. Well, and that's a, the, a that's a difficult thing with these tracks, because if you cut out all these places where cars can get in or, you know, safety cars can get through the wall, then you're by default D your, your, destructuring the wall you're making it so that it's less safe on the for the racer if they hit now there's more points that could be weakened that they might be hitting yeah, that's, no, that's so true. it's, I mean, it's a it's a delicate balance at, they've got to figure that out yeah. but and but the good news is car that has concrete walls on other street courses they don't have safety walls yeah right they don't have they don't even have arm codes so yeah um, now, now part of that is because you know they only go so fast yeah and but, they, they don't um, have quite the the width of the track like if you look at I mean, all the F1 tracks are set out in a certain way. They have they have ratings they have to acquire before you can run an F1 race there. And I'm sure IndyCar has the same thing and NASCAR, yeah. obviously. Yeah, but sure. but the F1, you know, they are doing that with the knowledge that these cars can get up to such quick speeds. They need to have some point in time where hopefully they can slow down a little bit. You know, that's why there are mm-hmm. gravel traps everywhere. That's why you have a lot of, you know, different places that hopefully slow the cars down before they can ever generate that type of speed. This is just one of those parts of the track where it doesn't happen. So... Yeah, but yeah. Grosjean being able to climb out of that, I still just think as good as it was for the safety workers to get there and all that stuff, and we do appreciate what they do, uh, Romain Grosjean having the wherewithal to, number one, uh, you know, get unbuckled and get out of that as quickly as possible. There's a photo of him hopping over the wall, and it's such a stark uh, photo where it's it's taken in profile, like looking, you know, from his left side. So he is on the wall 
there is a safety worker, you know, facing him about a foot or two away, reaching to him to try to help him get over the wall. And then about a foot behind him in the profile is just a wall of flame, like going straight up. Like it's just such a jarring thing of you see wall of flames. This man climbs out of it, climbs over a barricade. And there's fortunately people there right away to help him and they, they had to put him out, too, because sometimes with these fires, depending on what kind of substance it is that is on fire, you may not be able to see that he is still burning, even though the fire itself doesn't appear to be on him. We've seen that in IndyCar. We've seen that over the years. So they good for them to be there with the proper you know equipment to put him out just in case there was anything left. Uh, minor burns on his on his wrists and ankles is what we've heard. And. They initially said broken ribs, but I think now they've come back and said they don't even know if they're all if they're broken. They might just be bruised. So excellent news. Excellent news that he's yeah. still with us. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, I, I, it's it's fantastic that he's still there. Um, it, it is going to transition to this weekend. It is going to be interesting because, I mean, while he did have minor burns, those are on your hands. And what are you doing in an F1 car? You're constantly gripping and, and doing and you you can see this on the podcast. I'm pretending like I'm driving an F1 car. If you're trying to know if those hands heal, he might have to not flex his hands for like two weeks. Oh, he's not driving, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're he's, not, not, he's not driving. Yeah. Maybe by Abu Dhabi he could, but he's not driving now for sure. No, I would. So, I would. I would presume he's not driving the rest of the year. I would. I would. I would say that's true too. I'd like to see him at least show up to Abu Dhabi and like. Oh, get the, the get the heroes the get or, the heroes welcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, walk he would, around the garage and yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that would be, be good. able to like or sorry the paddock. Well, paddock, whatever. Sorry. Yeah, you got the it. It's one fine. paddock, you know, and um, the grid, do the grid walk. You know, yeah. So I will say that, uh, yeah, that's transitioning to that race at Bahrain. It's the second race they're doing there. This was where the incident occurred today or yeah. uh, over the weekend. Um, they're running a different layout at Bahrain, a, ra- a layout they've never run before. They're calling it the Oval. Uh, they made this decision back in June or July um, but this is a track that will have minimum downforce. So they will be having drafting. Um, they believe they'll have three DRS zones on this track. Uh, so you will have plenty of high speed passing available to them. But the only way I can describe this layout, I don't know. Have you seen it, Derek? Have you looked at what the layout yeah, it's is? It's like an, it's like an oval that you'd see on like, a Gran Turismo, like some fake track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so, like it's a it's a video game track. It's like, well, hey, we're gonna throw a little right hand turn in here just to make it like not really an oval, but kind of an oval. Where was the wreck was long streets? The wreck was off turn three. It right? was off turn three. So, okay. so they're, they're still they're gonna go right past that. So like yeah. just for this layout, for those who aren't familiar, the long straightaway that they had this week, they will still have that. Turns one, two, and three are the same. So turn three, right there where that accident occurred, they will be going right past that. And obviously they raced a whole race after that and no more further giant incidents like this one. Um, And then turn four is the same turn four that they have, except turn four continues a little further down and then goes to the interior part of the track. They are eliminating all of that. So from from a, a NASCAR perspective, if you think of how Watkins Glen is laid out for NASCAR, but... Yeah, they they cut the boot off of Watkins Glen when it comes yeah. to like the NASCAR guys, but the IMSA guys will run that, and any other series, a lot of them that go yeah. there run that longer circuit. There basically is like a boot, an inner boot on Bahrain. That's what they're not using. So yeah. instead of they're they're cutting the turns down quite a bit. So there's a five, six, and seven are kind of like rolling turns. Uh, eight and nine are kind of both m- minor right hand or uh, yeah right hand turns. So from turn eight 
to turn 10, you've got pretty much like a little dog leg at the start of that straight and then a huge straightaway. You've got 10 and 11 are two quick uh, right-handers again. Everything pretty much is left a right-hander. Left-hander, left-hander. No, they're, well, no, they're right. I think we're going, oh, well, either right. way. Either way, the point being. Yeah, right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You are right. <laughs> you have a couple right-hand turns. And then, so I'm saying you're going to have long straightaway, couple right-hand turns, long straightaway again. You're looking at some massive speed coming out of that. And these are the back stretches going on to the front stretch that they had at the uh, regular Bahrain track. You just don't have as much resistance coming out of the interior of the uh, infield. So they're going to have 55-second laps. This is going to yeah. be. For a NASCAR fan, I would say this is about as close as you're going to get. Um, this would be pretty enjoyable, I would say, to watch. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun race. We're looking forward to it. Uh, one guy who's not looking forward to it, sadly, and isn't going to be a participant, is Lewis Hamilton. He tested positive for COVID. So the champion of Formula One, uh, currently on, I think, a five-race win streak right now. Yep. Uh, he is uh, – I don't know what that means for the record as far as – going for the most consecutive wins in Formula One in a row, but he did not, he will not be in this race. So I don't know if they will count that against him or just say, as long as you're racing, if you keep winning, we will count your streak. But uh, he's not going to yeah. race at this this track in Bahrain on the uh, the bigger oval. So that will that in of itself will mean someone interesting may win. I mean, it, it, it could be his teammate. It could be that you see, you know, Max, Max Verstappen, Verstappen get up there. Obviously, he's obviously really good as well, but yeah. it's going to make it a little more interesting. You know who I would pick to win this race? Who would you pick? Sergio Perez. And I'll tell you why. He was running third place for the Racing Point uh, Mercedes. He was running in third place. Yeah. And then what happened? He blew up his engine with like three laps to go. And yeah. that w- that's what made the safety car uh, finish the whole race. So, uh, so Lewis Hampton won under a safety car. But it was devastating for that team. Um both he and uh, his teammate, uh, Lance Stroll, they've made some very big leaps this year. And Sergio Perez right now does not have a ride. Yeah. So there's a few seats open. Uh, there's a seat at Haas open, uh, which I don't think they're going to go with an uh, established guy. I think they're going to go with an older guy. But there's a seat at Haas. There's uh, potentially even a seat at Mercedes if Lewis Hamilton leaves. He's not under contract. There's a potentially open Red Bull seat, potentially open AlphaTauri seat. So there's a whole bunch of of options essentially for him to remind people like, Hey, if you're going to hire someone, hire me. I just want to race, you yeah. know? And I finished, he, I think he finished a podium before he was on, it was on track to finish back-to-back podiums. So I would not put it past. I mean, the whole field is going to be licking their chops. No Lewis Hamilton. And this is a good time for Valtteri Botas to shine. He's under contract next year, but he needs to remind people, Hey, <laughs> I am a very good driver. Yeah. He's almost he, been he an is, afterthought this year, which is, I mean, oh gosh, it's, it's yeah. hard he's not only, to be when you're paired up with Lewis Hamilton, but yeah, but, he, but he's only out, he's only out qualified him. I think three times. Yeah. Um, and I mean, got, uh, right now I think he's in a battle for Mac with Max Verstappen to, to actually, I think he's like a few points away. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, from, from having Max to get the second spot. So even though they locked up, they're going to lock up the constructors. They're going to lock up the, the driver championship. Second place, I mean, it's not a given that he's going to win it. And what does that say when you have, you know, Mercedes who've anointed George Russell and the whole F1 community is basically saying when Valtteri leaves, it's George Russell's time to shine for Mercedes or when Lewis Hamilton leaves. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to see another driver in that second seat of Mercedes. Yeah. And Valtteri Botas's job this week is to make sure they, that he reminds the whole paddock and the whole grid that he still is one of the best drivers in the field. 
And I don't know if he's going to be up to that task this week. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But that, but who's going to, who's going to, who's going to replace, uh, who's going to replace, uh, Lewis Hamilton? Who do you think? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know, man. That's the thing is I, 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 I like what F1, I, I enjoy watching it and I enjoy some of the technology in it, but as far as some of the drama and the names behind it, I don't know. Do you have a thought on that? Cause I definitely don't. Well, know. well, so Nico Hulkenberg, uh, he pinched hit for somebody this year and he ended up finishing, he's got 10 championship points for the season. There are f- four or five full-time drivers that are beneath him. And he's only ran one or two races. He, I think he filled in for McLaren this year uh, on a race. So Nico Hulkenberg's out there with helmet in hand, ready to take over the number one car in the paddock. It'd be shocking if, if Nico does that and doesn't get a ride next year. Um, some people are saying, you know, a couple F2 drivers could get the call up. The Obviously, the reserve driver for Mercedes could get the call up. Um, but also I've heard rumors that George Russell, who drives the Mercedes with Williams may get the call to switch for that one race, um, just to kind of have a showcase race essentially for Mercedes, which I think would be kind of cool. Cause I mean, if you guys haven't followed F1, George Russell has not scored a point, which I don't think he scored a point this last year, this last uh, race, but he had, there's, he's been up in 10th, 11th, 12th place, and just hasn't been able to finish in the top 10 to get that point. Um, this year and for the for the uh drivers championship uh i don't know it's kind of weird because haas and williams have kind of filled the back markers of the field they're the guys that are finishing the back they're the they're the bj mcleod racing and rick ware racing teams of formula one um and with that being said i think it's one of those opportunities for them uh to have you know russell get some points get 10 15 points in that top Mercedes car, at least they can say, Hey, our driver didn't finish dead last again, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, especially being kind of a, 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 a pegged for the future, a big star as he's like almost a, I would say a Christopher bell. I wouldn't say a chase Elliott, but maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of a chase Elliott vibe. Cause he's a British guy. Most of the media and, and the, the hub of F1 is in the UK uh, centrally in England. Uh, so anytime you get a British driver, um, it, it, it's one of those things that makes the whole world kind of take notice. And, well, and, and, and you, you hope that you he's you hope that he's the the next the next Lewis Hamilton. So yeah, yeah. It, it's a chance for him to see if he could prove it in Lewis Hamilton's car. It's a rare opportunity. So we'll see what that news comes out. And by the time you're listening, they may have already said they have some F2 Russian guy who brought a lot of money to the seat. Who knows? Could be. We'll see. Could be. We'll Which find is what out. happened. It's what happened at Haas. So yeah, uh, Haas is actually going to sign. They've got Nikita Mazepin, an F2 driver, who's going to fill in the seat next year because uh, both Magnussen and Roman Grosjean are out. Um, not related to this crash at all. Just they their contracts ended and they wouldn't they weren't going to get extended. Yeah. So, so yeah. So there's uh, some news there as well. You mentioned Chase Elliott. We'll talk about him when we come back. We're going to take a break. But uh, Chase Elliott is making some news in the dirt world. We'll speak about that next. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast. Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. So uh, lots of news happening in the world of dirt track racing, which uh, you and I enjoy a lot of. We watch it as much oh. as we can. Um, we like getting dirty. Yeah, of course we do. Watching racing. Yeah. So uh, Chase Elliott <laughs> is going to be getting dirty this year uh, in the Chili Bowl. He has announced that he's going to be driving in the Chili Bowl, uh, which is coming up in January. Now, for those who aren't as familiar, we're going to have a little bit on the Chili Bowl. We will actually probably do a, a intro to the Chili Bowl podcast sometime in the new year uh right before that so you can get an idea of it but 
these are dirt midget cars. These are the, the tiniest little cars that you can run as like a powerful full-time series. I forget what, isn't like a 1200 CC motorcycle engine that they put in those things. It's something I mean, fairly it's powerful. It's a lot of, lot, lot of power with like 800 pounds minus the driver. Yeah. It's like, uh, tiny cars. I mean, basically a got one or two guys can easily flip the car over when it get when it does flip over and the, and the guys up oh down, yeah there's usually just have when like, a, if a car yeah, flips over someone will sit on the top of it and just kind of pull it down and and yeah flip it back over on its side so yeah it's it's uh it's going to be quite a deal man because here's what chase elliott's got lined up for his off season of nascar again this is your defending cup champion in nascar he is going to run the snowball derby which is a late model stock car race. He is going to run the Chili Bowl. He is going to run the Roar before the 24 and the Rolex 24. And then he'll hop into the Bush Clash a week after the 24 and continue on back to the full NASCAR schedule. So there, I don't know, man, like a NASCAR off season for Chase Elliott's a little different than I think what most guys have had. It's not just going to be a couple tire tests here or there and, you know, some some time in the simulator. He will be in about every type of discipline of racing, you know, uh, short oval track, asphalt, dirt track, road course racing. I mean, he's going to do it all. This is going to be a pretty interesting off season. But I like the fact that the, like in wrestling, when the champion doesn't wrestle anyone, they just come out on TV and talk all the time. And then they never wrestle anybody, never put the belt on the line. That's always disappointing. And I feel like Chase Elliott is taking like the old school wrestling approach of every week I'm out there. You can come find me, try to beat me. I love that. It's great. Yeah. It's also awesome too, because you know, how many times have you heard a driver say, Oh man, you let me get on the car with something I can race chase with or, or race the top cup guys without beat them. And that's the snowball derby every year you get, you know, 30 racers that just do late models. That's all mm-hmm. they do. Yep. And you get guys like Corey LaJoy that remind everybody he's a really good driver. Uh, he's not a good equipment, but he's a really good driver and gets top fives all the time. Um, and then you've got young and upstart guys like Dylan Smith, who's, I believe, running in the in the Snowball Derby this year, all going up against Chase Elliott. So, yeah. and, and, the, and if you haven't followed the Snowball Derby, wait to, for the inspections before you go celebrating the wins, because I think every <laughs> year it flips to the second place finisher. Is it, is it a weight issue usually? Don't is it? It's, is it's it? a weight. It's a weight issue. It's a shock issue. There's been oh, there's always something. all sorts of stuff. I mean, hey man, if you ain't it, cheating, you ain't trying. That's what we know about racing, right? If it, you ain't cheating, you ain't uh, trying. It's Florida. It's Florida. And how many Florida men are in the in the inspection? <laughs> the, the 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 room of doom that you know you give them a, a stack of Marlboros and a, a hundred dollar bill, they might say, oh, that looks good. I'll pass that. You know what I mean. <laughs> Wow, I, I, I'm, I'm, a lot of shade being, going towards the snowball derby lot, officials. I hope they don't listen. A lot of shade, a lot of shade, but <laughs> no, it, it is. I'm sorry. If you had one incident where there was a cheating scandal, wouldn't you say, "Okay, guys, tighten it up. We're going to do yeah. a lot of pre-race tech stuff here," and you catch them on pre-race and go, "Well, you're." I mean, That's I mean, not all you work, have to right. do is all you have to do is throw. If you throw Chase Elliott out, you throw I don't know a, a hot shot, you know, late model guy who's got a lot of money. Throw him out. You throw Corey Lejoy out. They're all cheating. Which they're not. I'm not. I'm just using those as examples. Right. If they're all cheating and you, and they show up and yeah, but they won't do that because fans will have paid money to come see Chase Elliott. So how dare you throw him out of the race? I don't think that's going to happen. Back. I would guess it's not going to happen. So you yeah. let him race. If anybody's going to have a borderline, a borderline yeah. legal car, you would think it's the guys with the cup money who can come in and say, "All right, right. build me the best car you can, but keep it legal, but do right. all the tricks to make it 
right there. They're going to have the exactly. He'll have one of the best cars in the field, and and he'll probably be one of the best drivers in the field. Clearly, because he's a NASCAR champion. So, oh yeah. yeah. But if you if you like that stuff, Snowball Derby, Chili Bowl, this is good. Like Chase Elliott highlighting those events is a good thing. It's going to draw more eyeballs to those events than you know. And I know Kyle Busch has run. Uh, the Snowball Derby. I don't know if he's running it this year, but I, I know he's, he's, put he's cars run in. Slinger. He's running. Yeah, a lot of he's running a lot of those. So like, and this is good. Like, please have more of that. The more that you can have current and former champions of NASCAR, top level drivers hopping into the hobby classes. I don't want to say hobby class. That's I don't mean to diminish that. I'm saying like, go run with these guys who are pros at that who run these cars as well as anyone else does. And let's see, like, I, I always enjoy these moments where we can, you know, find out it's like in, in football a little bit, right? Like there always used to be that debate about like, well, could Alabama beat, you know, the lions or the Browns or like the worst team in the NFL. And the answer is probably not, but wouldn't you watch it if you knew that that was uh, out there? It. Of course. Like I'd we'd all check it. into it. Right. So yeah. I think that's what a little bit of this is, is a lot of these guys don't get a chance to race the best drivers in the sport because they don't have the the funding, the backing. They don't get to go. But at the Snowball Derby, those drivers are putting all that aside and saying, we'll come meet you. Chili Bowl, we'll come where you are. And I know Chili Bowl also has like plenty of guys who, you know, Christopher Bell has won it multiple times. Uh, Kyle Larson Rico won it Abreu. famously. Rico Abreu. Like these guys are all pro drivers that are doing this. I'm not saying that everybody in the Chili Bowl is a, you know, weekend warrior, but there are guys and, and families that are you can build one of these cars for relatively cheap amounts of money compared to what it takes to even run like a, a super late model stock car. You can go run in the yeah. Chili Bowl for a lot less than that and go compete well, against guys like Tony Stewart, who have run it for years. And now, of course, he helps maintain the track and all that. Guys like Kyle Larson, who will, I'm sure, be there again. Uh, Christopher Bell. And now Chase Elliott. I mean, Alex Bowman goes every year and puts a car in it. So, I mean, this yeah. is. This is good stuff, man. I'm, I'm glad to see it. I, I I hope it continues to have this trend where more and more guys go and, and check out the Chili Bowl. But Chase Elliott, the sitting NASCAR champion going there, it's a huge deal. It, I, I don't you know, think you can understate that deal. You know who one of the top Chili Bowl drivers is every year, the last few years? Who is it? You see him every week on Fox. I'll give you a hint. Dylan Welch. Is he on Fox or NBC? Fox. No. Wait, really? I don't know. NBC. Yeah, Dylan Welch. Look it up. His stats, he's made the A main the last few years. And because he he is a race car driver, um, Vince Welch's kid, but he's actually done, done a really good job of, of making the A main and competing with the top dogs in the industry. And he goes and turns his microphone on for the season pretty much. So he does a great job of that. Oh, so so Vince Welch's son. That's who you're talking yeah. about. Dylan Welch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand. Did you think I, I said Vince Welch? Did I say Vince Welch? <laughs> no, you that'd didn't. Be, you said Dylan Welch, but I was like, is Dylan Welch on TV? I know Vince Welch is. I got yeah, what you're Dylan saying. Dylan Welch okay. is on TV. Yeah, he, I think he's on. I've seen him in Mid Ohio. I think he's on NBC. Oh, not, okay. Not. I see. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't catch that. But yeah, okay. So is he? He's Vince's son. Then is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. Very and cool. I think. I think. Um, I think he's dating Hannah Newhouse, which is the the girl who famously on a hot mic called Riley Erbst at Bristol a douchebag. I think. <laughs> so it's a fun couple, man. They're, yeah, they're really that cool. is. By the way, you you brought up Riley Herbst, and I didn't uh, plan to bring this up, but I saw this from NASCAR Man on Twitter at NASCAR Man underscore RR. Uh, he he is a writer of NASCAR and auto racing history articles at RacingReference.info. So uh, he he does a little bit of historical NASCAR stuff, and he retweeted something the other day that I thought was pretty jarring, and I want to see your thoughts on this. Okay, 
Um, Dario Franchitti. Remember when he ran in the NASCAR Xfinity Series? Are you, yeah. you remember that? <laughs> when he when he when he ran quotation marks ran in the series? Yeah. Well, remember you that. know what though? This is the thing. Um Are you talking I'll, about Cup or Xfinity? Xfinity. Oh, Cup. When he, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, he Xfinity, ran yeah. when he, he ran, ran Xfinity he ran slash nationwide. Okay. Yeah. So here's what he did uh that that I don't think most people remember, but this is brought up by NASCAR Man, and I, I will respect him with the research here. In the first 18 NASCAR Xfinity Series starts that Dario Franchitti did, do you know how many laps he led? How many? 106. Wow. Now, he led 87 of those at Bristol in the August 2008 Nationwide Series race. So that should be noted that he led a lot of those laps in one race. But he did lead them at Bristol. Not like that's an easy track to learn. Um, But here are some comparables for other guys in their first 18 Nationwide slash Xfinity series, whatever you want to call it, starts. Uh, Tyler Reddick led 87 laps in his first 18 races. Again, Frankie led 106. Austin Sindrick, 64. Noah Gregson, 56. Ryan Briscoe, 45. Daniel Hemrick, 35. Cole Custer, 30. Anthony Alfredo, 15. Uh, Justin Haley, 9. And Riley Erbst, 5. Like, that's a pretty amazing stat, isn't it? That Dario Frankie yeah. did that well in his Xfinity series. I'm not saying the rest of his career well, turned out. Um, and by the way, that last uh, Bristol race that he led in August 2008 in the Nationwide Series, that was his last NASCAR race. Um, he was running fifth with 15 to go, but ended up getting pushed back to 11th. But that was his last race. But he did, he did better than I, I... I didn't know that about him. K- kudos to Dario Franchitti for doing better than I thought in NASCAR. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, he, well, he's one of the most talented people, I think, that, I, that I've seen racing IndyCar. Uh, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me that he'd be successful in that. I know yeah. he's giving him some shade for his cup appearance, but <laughs> that's all right though. It's okay. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, I found that to be kind of interesting since you brought up Riley Earps, it reminded me of that stat and I knew Riley Earps was, was included in that. So now there we go. Uh, but yeah, chili bowl stuff. We will talk more about that as we get closer to the chili bowl. So yeah, we're excited for that. As if you can't tell, we, we enjoy that very much. Yeah, uh, something else we enjoy is sprint car racing. The 2021 World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series has put its schedule out. So we now know where they're going and when. Drum roll, please. They will will visit 27 states for more than 90 races. um, And they are going to run, this is kind of the big news, they're going to run two Kings Royals at Eldora Speedway. Two of them. Um, (laughs) They are going to be doing that. Uh, as part of a a makeup date because this one last year of course did not happen um so they didn't get to run a king's royal this year if you're not familiar with that race it typically pays out well over one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. i think it's what the winner gets pays out a lot of money to to all these teams so it's a huge race it attracts everyone in the world of sprint car racing they bring out their best stuff and they see what they can do uh, so that's going to be at Eldora in, you know, Western Ohio, almost to the Indiana border. That is Tony Stewart's track that he owns. It's it's a it's a Mecca for sports car yeah. or for sports car for dirt track. We've been, racing. There. We've been there a few times. <laughs> We've been there a lot of times and hopefully we'll get back to to go to one of these Kings Royals. Now, help me figure this out, because here's what they say in this. And this is from the NBC Sports Motorsport article that they have on it. They said the makeup date for the cornerstone event from 2020 will run on July 17th as part of a four-day event. The 38th running of the iconic race will be held on July 15th. So they're 
They're running the 37th running of the race on July 17th, but the 38th running will happen July 15th. So they're yeah. maybe, maybe they, you, you're not tracking. That does not make any sense to me. I don't understand. It makes total, it makes total sense. It's 2020. It makes total sense. No, it doesn't. Make, 2020. It does not make yeah. any sense. No, no. Yeah. No, it, Nothing makes sense. So it makes sense. Welcome to 2020. No, that's, that's stupid. So <laughs> the whole point is <laughs> either way, they're going to have two Kings Royals, each paying $175,000. So, uh, this is going to be obviously the big boys typically win those races. I mean, you're you're not going to be looking at like a part time driver who just shows up and wins that race. But still, it's cool that it's even a thing you can have a chance to do if you are a part time driver, if you are a local. Well, team. Remember, down the line, you make it to that a main, you get 20, 20th place. Yeah, that's like probably five to six grand payout which you're usually getting maybe five. That'd be like winning an all-star race at a lot of, at a lot oh, of tracks. Yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. that's a national I, series too. So, I mean, yeah, for the local drivers, if you make that a main, you're, you're doing yeah. something. That's, that's I a mean, big deal. Yeah. $150 gets you a new right rear tire. So if you, if you pick, if you think about like in that term, there's, there's drivers out, out there that I know that are making a mains that are really, really good that are reusing tires for two or three races, cutting them, doing everything they can to get every inch of, of, of traction out of that tire. Um, so imagine what that would do to their season. Imagine what that would do back to their home track, their championship points at their home track to get five grand. That'd be yeah. huge. So there's going to be a lot of teams just like there's every year, but now they got two opportunities to make that big payday. That's going to be huge. Yeah. I, I want to be out there for one of those for sure. Yeah, I will. I will too. And another thing that I will throw out there because, uh, summertime in Ohio, we are, we are based in Ohio, this podcast, we, we get after it at the dirt tracks in the summertime. Uh, I just saw the all-star circuit of champions, which is Tony Stewart's sprint car wing sprint car series that he does uh it's like i don't want to call it like the minor leagues necessarily like the world of outlaws its own deal they run across the country the all-star circuit is for teams that are maybe going to eventually go up and try to run world of outlaws it's just really expensive to run 90 races Um, and it's 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 honestly like indie racing league and cart but without the drama that's pretty it much is. the best. Yes, thing that's exactly yeah. right. It's a very yeah. good way to put it. Where two very good racing series uh, with th- each of their own traditions and history yep. that just you know run concurrently. And there's guys that if a lot of guys and gals on this on the local tracks that that come through, especially All Star Country, which we are in in Ohio. Yeah, you get the All All Star sticker on there, and you got right below that the World Outlaw sticker. So that way yeah. they can take that same car and they can run it in Outlaws one night run their local track the next night and the next week and run all-stars and they're running all the same class. Yeah. And, and if you think about it too, I mean, what, what, how many people run the world of outlaws, the entire series, it's probably between 11 uh, and 10 to 12. I was going to say like 11 to 15, 15, somewhere around that yeah. range. Yeah. So less yeah. than 15 teams typically run the full yeah. 90 races. So half the field is made up by local drivers. Yeah. So that's, what's fun about the outlaws. They come in with their pro drivers, air quotes, you know, I mean, they are pros, but I'm saying they come in with the best of the best equipment and then the local guys the trying to take shots. them on. Yeah, yeah. Right. So then the opposite of that, or not the opposite, but all-star circuit of champions, there's 59 races, not 90. So there's still, I mean, that's still a lot of racing that you have to do to, to get with that. And it starts in January and I don't think it ends until November. So they're, yeah. they're, they're all over the place. But the good thing is uh, if you can't do the world of outlaws, you might be able to afford running all-stars and still be really competitive. And there's a similar deal about, you know, 14, 10 to 14, 10 to 15 teams that run all the all-star races. Um, and so, yeah, that's, 
that's what you've got going on. Aaron Reitzel's like the the man in that series. He's won three consecutive All-Star Circuit of Champions. Uh, Kyle Larson had the most victories in 2020 with 13 because, you know, he wasn't busy, <laughs> at least yeah. not with NASCAR, uh, you know, yeah, he, complications. He those, now he'll he be back. He those $5,000 checks to stack up to pay his mortgage. So, <laughs> yeah, I no, guess. There's definitely that. I guess he did. Either way, yeah. uh, the All-Star Circuit, I just wanted to highlight this because, like I said, in the summertime, it's where we get after it. Uh, so they do a lot when it comes to uh, there's the Ohio Sprint Car Speed Week. Ohio Sprint Speed Week is what it's typically called. Yeah. Uh, for those wanting to know about that, that would appear to start June 11th because Friday at Attica Raceway Park, one of our favorite tracks, that's a $6,000 to win. Friday night at Attica, that usually kicks it off. Saturday, they're at Fremont, uh, which is a really cool track as well in Ohio up uh, near Lake Erie. Then they take it looks like Sunday off or maybe they just don't have a Sunday date solidified yet. But then Monday, they'll be at Wayne County Speedway. That's uh, also that's like that speedway is really cool because it's right in the heart of Amish country. So I can't tell you how many times I've gone up there and been like slowed down thinking it's traffic and thinking it's a bunch of cars trying to turn into the, the speedway. And it turns out it's just a horse and buggy <laughs> and you're just stuck behind an Amish guy yeah. just as there's like multi-million dollar haulers passing him and he's just yeah. riding his horse and buggy. It's a very interesting place. But uh, yeah. yeah, Wayne County Monday, Ju- uh, June 14th, June 15th, Sharon Speedway. That's the Blaney track uh, out in almost eastern Ohio, almost to the Pennsylvania border. Then you've got June 16th, Waynesfield Raceway Park, Derek. They're bringing it back, and I love that place. It's teeny tiny little track carved out of a farmer's field. It's the way it's supposed to be. That track is awesome. Thursday, Muskingum County. Uh, Friday at Lima Land. Saturday at Portsmouth. Bringing that back too. Lima Land's had some Lima Land's, here, so Yeah, so they're getting Lima Land back. back. And they went. I think they went to Portsmouth last year, the year before, mm-hmm. and it was a huge deal. Uh, so that's where they're going to wrap it up. So very cool. That that covers most of the state of Ohio. So if you are a sprint car fan yeah. in Ohio, good news. Sprint Speed Week is back, and it's going to probably be better than what you had this year because it's, uh, I would assume, going to be more of a full deal there. Everybody will be back uh, back out there, so that'll be good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff going on with the dirt track world. We hope to see you out at a dirt track race for sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get into 2021. I'm ready for the racing season to start. we got a few more weeks till we get there, but... Yeah, man. Count got, me in. Before we wrap this up, I got one question to ask you to circle back to our Formula One conversation. Okay. If if um, the FIA, the head governing body of F1 said, JD and Derek, we can't determine who's going to replace Lewis Hamilton for this one race. Who do you got from America? Who's your driver you would choose? Mm, to put in an F1 car? Yeah. Like no super license. Like don't worry about super license points. It's a one race exemption to hop in the F1 car. I got two Who names. Who would you choose? They're two Go. very obvious names, though. My names are very obvious. Choose um, the two guys who just won championships because they're both excellent road course racers. Scott Dixon and Chase Elliott. I would. OK, I would take either. I, you pick. I take one of those. I would love to see what Chase could do in an F1 car because we know he's good on road courses. It's obviously a totally different beast driving a, you know, a four on the floor stock car compared to the the hyper ridiculous steering wheel that you have in F1 and all the other different components that go into it. But I'd love to see what Chase could do if given the time to get ready for it because he is so good um, yeah. in those cars. But Scott Dixon probably could make the transition really quick. Uh, he's obviously much older, but right. I would love to see what he could do in an F1 car. Did he ever? I'm sure he's tested one, right? He has to have in his uh, career. He might have back in the day, but yeah. 
Um, I mean, F1's bringing back older drivers. Alonzo's coming back next year. Hulkenberg may come back. So you never know. Um, it's a possibility. But uh, I would say this. I mean, I know that Kyle Busch doesn't have an expensive uh, $50,000 steering wheel he uses every year with paddle shifters every week. But I would say KFB, the F is for Formula One. <laughs> Kyle, Formula One, Bush would get it done. And he yeah. would put that thing on the podium for sure. Yeah, that's, that's... My, that's my overly Americanized take on that that'd be very interesting i would i would like to see kyle bush yeah i mean the reality is if we put juan pablo montoya that's probably like the american driver that could probably easily just hop over there and do it because he has experience doing it but yeah, yeah. i mean it's uh that, you or know, i mean marcus erickson you know takuma Sato, oh that's true yeah yeah that's right we, those we guys may guys. be able to, to yeah, they could, a car you're right no they could problem, probably so. handle it yeah actually yeah. takuma Sato is a really good answer there because he is obviously uh one of the uh, better racers in IndyCar as well. So, yeah. But I just, right, well, I was one last thing on Scott Dixon. I was yeah. looking him up. He ran in New Zealand, Formula V, Formula Ford, Australian Formula Holden, and then right to Indy Lights, right to Kart, and that's it. So, that it, is one of the biggest crimes of motorsports that he has not got a chance to sit in an F1 car. I hope he Jimmy does. Johnson's got a chance. They've done a ride swap before. Tony Stewart did. They, Tony Lewis, Stewart. Lewis Hamilton Tony Stewart brought his car into over. A, he squeezed into a Formula One. Yeah, car. if you can squeeze yeah, Tony yeah, Stewart in it's there, it's pretty good. When your sponsor's an oil company, you can just kind of lather up your fire suit and <laughs> slide on in there. Well, you just have to take a few. You have to take off a few uh, few weeks of soda cookies. You can't dip your yeah. uh, <laughs> your Oreos in in soda, and then uh, yeah, you can somehow <laughs> find a way to get in there. All right, that's it for us. Thank you guys for listening. Next week we will be talking about our top. Uh, uh, I don't know why I can't say it. Top broadcasters. Uh, in the world of motorsports so if you like racing and you like all the broadcasters we had a couple of our buddies come on we recorded this episode last week we're going to put that out for you next week so enjoy that and we will talk again in a couple weeks after the nascar next gen test we will have some more info on that and we'll tell you where that car stands for 2022 uh that'll be on our next podcast thanks for listening and until next time stay safe and stay staggered